1: And of course, I am joined by Dan LaMagna. That is at FF Coach Dan on Twitter. What's going on, Dan?
0: Big man, good to see you tonight. And Mitchell, good to see you. You know, it's it's kind of a tough weekend, man. My Georgia Bulldogs got rocked. My Dallas Cowboys stink. McCall Hardman's neglected. How can I uh, melt the Lakers' championship? Is there a deadline on that, or I don't know? But you're so oh, frazzled,
1: you're, you're bumping stuff over there. It's getting picked up on the mic. Come on, Dan, clean it up over there.
0: My bad, my bad. I'm just getting warmed up here. So
1: I know. And you said that you just got done working. You wanted to get on a little bit earlier tonight, and you got on about two minutes ago. So I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. And then I'm also joined by Mitch Sorensen. That's at DinoMC on Twitter. What's going on, Mitch? What's going on, guys?
2: I'm excited for tonight's show. You brought, I was, you asked earlier in the week, hey, what are we going to talk about? I'm like, dude, I have no idea. Then you're like, let's do a rookie draft. And I'm like, okay, that we can do. So what we are doing tonight, we
1: are looking back at this 2020 rookie class, and we are doing a rookie draft redo. We are treating it as if it's a 12-team super flex, full PPR, no tight end premium, even though that probably wouldn't matter in this class, and no PPC, nothing like that. So just straightforward 12-team super flex, full PPR, and I randomized a draft order earlier today. And when I say I randomized it, I just decided that Dan is going to pick 101. Mitch will go 102. I'll go third. And then we'll just keep circling through until we probably get to about 18 picks. And I just, I cannot wait to see, because I said, Mitch, Dan, do not put your list. Don't share it. I want to be surprised. So we don't know who has who. If Dan picks Mitch is 102 at 101. Mitch, you're going back to your 101. So whoever your highest player is. But as a refresher, for our benefit and the benefit of the listeners, our final version of the first round we released on May 12th. All right. So a little over five months ago. And I'm going to rattle through these. Dan, yours, your order went like this. Burrow, C-E-H, Taylor, Tua, Dobbins, Swift, Lamb, Herbert, Vaughn, Judy, Jefferson, and Acres. Mitch, C-E-H, Taylor, Dobbins, Tua, Burrow, Swift, Vaughn, Herbert, Rager, Lamb, Jefferson, and Acres. And then to finish it off, I had Taylor, C-E-H, Burrow, Tua, Dobbins, Lamb, Vaughn, Herbert, Jefferson, Swift, Rager, and Acres. So that that rounded out our top twelve. So looking back at it now, we have six weeks in the book, six weeks of brand new information, and essentially the regular season for fantasy purposes. We're halfway there, guys. It, we're almost down the stretch here. So Dan, start us off. Twelve-team Superflex rookie draft, full PPR. Who is
0: your new one hundred and one in this class? Well, you know, look, just quick comment looking back and reflecting on that list i almost messaged you both today and you know i'm a little sorry i was drinking some of that uh Keyshawn von kool-aid that you shared around that <laughs> time because man you guys are good salesmen you are in my head hardcore and and, and, you know, that, and that kool-aid it, that, that kool-aid was poison man it was poison <laughs> to the core we've we, we've all learned through that lesson there watch the kool-aid you drink Um, But outside of that, I was pretty happy with my list. And I am going to stay firm today, boys. And I am sticking with my number one back then as my number one right now in Joe Burrow. I just think he's the real deal. I think he throws a beautiful football. I hold to that concept of super flex. I want an elite quarterback. Don't, don't get me wrong. If I had a draft today and I'm loaded at quarterback, I do value the position of running back, and I would go in a different direction. But I am just looking long-term talent, 15 years of being on my roster gives me a lot of flexibility. My only concern is I do hope the Bengals fix that offensive line and continue to capitalize on a little bit of a nucleus they're building. But I will take Joe Burrow at 101.
2: one. All right. So real quick, I want to ask Dan a question on this real quick. So two-parter. One, is he really elite? And if he's elite, who else are you considering elite with him? And B, are you only taking him because the guys that are after the top tier are just meh at this point?
0: We were breaking up a little bit there, but I I believe you're asking me if Joe Burrow is elite, correct? I think I got the rest of that. So I do believe he has that elite potential. And there are only two quarterbacks in this class – Looking at this, maybe three, but I think he is the most safest, solid, has all the tools, looks like the real deal. I, I put him as having the upside and potential of being an elite class. Now, I may regret this a few years down the road because it is the Bengals, and you know how I feel about dysfunctional organizations, but I'm, I'm taking a blind leap of faith that they could build this right around Joe Burrow. Um, and, and then, you know, looking at the guys after him, again, looking at elite, I don't know if I put those running backs as potential elites. I I see talented running backs in very good situations that are enticing to me, but I don't know they're elite. So I think he has that elite upside is safe and sound and could be on your roster for a long time.
1: I like how Mitch says, I have a two part question one, and then you went to B. So you're throwing the (laughs) alphabet numbers, everything at Dan,
2: but
0: he was prepared.
1: That's why he,
2: that's why John hosts and I don't do ask questions. I just answer questions. Mitch is like number one, B, Roman numeral three. He's just going all over the
1: place. But Dynasty League Football, May ADP, they had Joe Burrow at the time as 101. And Dan is still there with Joe Burrow as his number one overall pick in Superflex rookie drafts. Mitch, over to
2: you. Who is your 102? Or I'm guessing he might even be your 101. Of course, he's my 101. That's the, the real 101 is Clyde Edwards Alaire. He is still the back who's in the greatest offense. I know they brought on Le'Veon Bell, so somehow everybody's really worried again. Clyde Edwards Alaire, this is Dynasty. He's going to be fine. He's going to be fine next year and the years ahead with Mahomes. I'm completely good with him. You know, he went against that Bills defense last night and ran for like 180 yards. That bill defense looked bad. Really bad. But they've been bad against the pass. And they've actually been pretty good against the run. And this was the exact opposite. The Chiefs just said, like, we're just going to run it. And they couldn't stop him. And so moving forward, like – I don't, everyone's saying trade these guys, trade these running backs right now. And I just don't understand it. So give me Clyde Edwards-Alaire at the 102. I'm doing jumping jacks. And I know he's someone I'm actually going to have on my team for the next three years. The one thing I think that we always fall into the trap of is we say, hey, we have this guy for the next 10 years. There is no one on my dynasty team I'm going to keep for 10 years because that's just boring. Like I'm going to trade him. I'm going to trade all of these guys at some point. But I do think I'll keep Clyde for two to three years, and then probably move him on that point. Not because he's not going to be an elite fantasy asset, just because there's going to be someone else that I want more at that time. So the the Le'Veon
1: Bell concern, that's not there for you. And I really liked your tweet. I think it was earlier today. And surprise, surprise, Mitch had to troll a little bit and be a smart ass. But he said, if a, a rookie running back pops off, move him, get rid of him, get him off your roster, sell high. But if a rookie wide receiver goes off, well, he's my new wide receiver one.
2: Yep, that's that's <laughs> what, I mean, we've seen it on Twitter the last two weeks. Swift was a sell yesterday. And at the same time, you can scroll down two tweets. We see, hey, CeeDee Lamb and Justin Jefferson are my wide receiver two and wide receiver three in dynasty. And it's like, all right, dude, you do you. Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting how people,
1: how it gets looked at there. Well, you guys gave me the 103. Well, I gave myself the 103. But I could have been the 101 and still got my guy. And I love this because again, we did not see anybody's list. And no, I'm not taking Mr. Swift. He is not my 101, 102, 103. But I will take Jonathan Taylor. I I I, he was my 101 coming in. And looking again at the Dynasty League football, May ADP, CEH was their 102, Taylor was their 103. He's had an increase in workload and snap share over the last four weeks and when you look at Jonathan Taylor the one big concern with him was will he be involved in that passing game and we know that Philip Rivers historically he likes to utilize his running backs in the passing game but everybody was saying well Naheem Hines is going to be the next next Austin Eckler and in week one that looked like it was the case but since then it just hasn't been there for him but Jonathan Taylor Uh, over the last two weeks, he's had a total of seven targets, which isn't incredible, but the two weeks leading up to that, he had two total targets. So I think the, the, the baby steps are there. He's moving in the right direction. And it seems like the team is trusting him more and more and hopefully things get going. And once Phillip rivers, he's not going to be their starting quarterback forever. I don't even know if he should be the starting quarterback right now, Definitely not in 2021, but I think a a better quarterback and maybe somebody a little bit more mobile is going to help Jonathan Taylor tremendously. Now, any issues there with our our
2: first round of the three here? So I'll just ask you, have you seen anything from Jonathan Taylor that made you go, wow, at any point in any game, have you been like, you know, that guy's elite? Honestly, no. I'll be honest. If you look strictly, we
1: don't do this, at least I don't do this, but the yards per carry crowd, it's been solid the last four weeks. If you look at his numbers, if you're the box score watcher, that looks fine. But then you start to look at his elusiveness. It hasn't been there. He hasn't made many people miss. And then I start thinking, is it because of the scheme? Is it the offensive line? They're pretty solid for the most part. You know, is it just the fact that Philip Rivers? Maybe he isn't that threat that Jonathan Taylor would like to have there as his quarterback. And then I might look this up as we go through the episode. But his stack box percentage, I would like to see that. I'm not, I'm not sure
2: offhand what that is, but I so I actually looked that up two weeks ago just to jump in. And his box, and it's actually pretty high. And the reason is nobody cares about Philip Rivers' defense. He goes against a stacked box like 38% of the time, which is really, really high. Right. But River sucks so bad that, you know, and it's the same thing. Um, if you look at Jonathan Taylor, and compare him exactly to, John- to Wilkins, it looks like the same running back when you're looking just stats. Right. And I, And again, I'm not saying he has not proven to be elite by
1: any means. And he hasn't shown that. But I do think things begin to get a little bit they, they get, they'll they get a little bit better i think and for me i still think he is he's my 101 still and i was happy that i was able to snag him there with the third overall pick all right so we had uh burrow ceh taylor dan back over to you who are you taking fourth overall if
0: we are redoing the rookie drafts back in may think i'm gonna surprise you here um you know and i love your picks they're solid you know and you know i love running backs i was maybe kind of hoping i would go third tonight so i would get a running back i'm not sure uh good point by mitch saying um you know, the stacked boxes with Mr. Taylor because he hasn't flashed awesome. I know Mitch is trying to sway me and go there, but, but I'm going to save this one for you, man. I am going to go a little contrarian. I'm going to hedge my bets against a Cincinnati dif- dysfunction. I'm going to pull a little JB and hoard a position here, and I'm going go to go to a tongue of a- I probably just mangled his last name. I'm still working <laughs> on that. But uh, I, I tried. I was close, and it just didn't come out like I practiced today. But uh, I am on to a uh, – I just think – I am buying into the Miami Dolphins right now. You know, here's a team with not a solid run game. They're still rebuilding. Um, you know, not all the pieces are there and they're, they've been competitive with Fitzmagic. magic. And you watch Tua come into that game and you watch the entire team happy for him. He goes and sits out in the middle of the field after the game. And I just think something special is for him. And I think, he's either going to be a special quarterback or you could probably trade him and get more than his value. Once the hype gets way up, as we're talking about this recency bias and what we're seeing on Twitter, I think he goes and shows out, you know, the schedule is not that, you know, hard for Miami in these uh, next few weeks. And I think if we go back to all the Tua conversations, as recent as a few weeks ago, when one of our listeners was saying, Hey, when's Tua and I says, I think week seven, eight. I says, I said it in the preseason. I'm saying it now. Guys, here we are, week seven. It's two a time. I think this kid's going to be special, and I think the hype's going to go through the roof. But I'm buying – I am drinking the Miami Dolphins Kool-Aid. I do not think that's poison long-term. Is there any concern
1: just with the fact we haven't seen him yet? I mean, yeah, he came in there at the end of the Jets game, but we really haven't seen him in NFL action.
0: There's a little bit of a roll of the dice here at pick 104 when we know there's some very talented guys you two are about to you know sweep up in these next two picks, you know, with running backs and receivers on the board, but I'm going to buy on what we've seen in college with the scout scene. He's healthy, he came into the game, he was solid. Again, we need to see more for sure, JB. I can't say that's not a concern, but I'm a believer. I would roll the dice confidently here and uh put my head and sleep well on the pillow at night.
1: All right, so you're taking Tua at 104. Let's go back to your first pick as well with Joe Burrow. Where do you have those two in relation to the veterans within the quarterback position?
0: That's a great question. I'll go, I'll pull up my rankings right now. You know, I'm looking, we've talked numerous times. You know, I have, I think, like the Elite Seven that stops at Josh Allen, then it goes to another tier. Then you get your veteran quarterbacks where age discrimination kicks in for me. And, you know, if we're doing a startup right now, right after Josh Allen's gone, I'm looking to go Burrow or Tua. You know, I I could live without the Aaron Rodgers. Carson Wentz might be a little tough, but, you know, the Eagles don't really have the weapons. So there's some questions there. I'll go with the young upside and bright future and take those guys ahead of like a Wentz, Goff, Aaron Rodgers.
1: And I could see them back-to-back, like quarterback 10, quarterback 11. So you're not going to get any argument from me. And Mitch, back to your your first pick, CEH. Where would you have him for running backs?
2: So for me, he's right after Dalvin Cook. I mean, okay. you have uh, Barkley. I mean, probably next year, he's going to be really close to Barkley because Barkley's going to drop down that far. So I think after Dalvin, Kamara, Zeke, CMC, you know, those guys, he's going to be... If not the next running back, he'll be within the next three picks after those guys. So running back
1: five or six, that's probably fair for him. Yep. All right. And then for me, Jonathan Taylor, I I have him slated running back four or five, somewhere in that range. But again, I I think it could be preference there with those two. What I said back in May was I would not argue with anybody. And and it's so frustrating. It gets a little annoying, to be honest with you. They both could be very good. Mm Mm-hmm. You don't have to be all the way, hey, it's Jonathan Taylor or nothing at all, or Clyde Edwards-Alaire or nothing at all. And that's the way the conversations, especially on social media, they go. And people use different things like, oh, Le'Veon Bell was signed by the Chiefs. That justifies me having Jonathan Taylor as my 101. It doesn't. It really doesn't.
2: Yeah, it's it's the Twitter mindset right now is how do you stand out from everybody else? You're a stand for a guy. And if you were right, you get to say, hey, I was right about him. And that's Twitter in a nutshell right now is you have your guy you're really high on. And if he hits, then you're in great shape. And then everyone's tweeting at you being like, hey, you were right first. The problem with Jonathan Taylor is everybody's on him. Oh
1: man, I had to go on mute there. A little, little sneeze there. I don't know if I was just allergic to what you were saying or Probably. what. But um, okay, so
2: one oh, where are we? One oh five, Mitch. Who do you got? So I'm lucky because I get my one oh three. I'm going with DeAndre Swift, and this is this doesn't have anything to do with last week's game to where you know he had hundred. 10 yards or whatever it was, a couple touches. You've been talking about him, I think, every week since week one. I try to, I try to, but you know, they've already had their buy and he has 20 targets on the season, and it's not like he isn't getting use. It was earlier in the season they were pounding with Peterson. And the game script wise, there was a few games to where they were in it until the very end. And so Swift didn't get a chance to get in. But this last game, it kind of showed that they're at least willing to split the backfield with him and Peterson. And in any game they get into a negative game script, Swift is going to take over because you're not going to have Peterson in the game when you're down by 14 points. And the Lions will probably have a lot of those games coming up. But you watch him and you could see special things happening. Like he is great at catching the ball. He had to drop week one to get the touchdown, to get the win. You know, I don't think we'll ever see that sort of thing happen again. But you watch him and you know you're seeing a great running back. And so that's why I have him so high for me. He doesn't even have to play for the Lions if he was playing for someone else. I'd have him in the same spot. If anything, him playing for the Lions probably drops him down a little bit in your mind. (laughs) Yeah, all I do is talk crap to the Lions the whole time.
1: And you can just see DeAndre Swift, he provides that explosion. And Adrian Peterson, yeah, he's been okay. He's been reliable. But obviously it's not the Adrian Peterson of his prime, right? He's been around forever. And I think as this season progresses we are going to see that transition from Adrian Peterson to DeAndre Swift and carry on Johnson. I mean, at this point, he's been an afterthought, you know, he's been in there for a few touches here or there, but overall uh, DeAndre Swift, I I have him, I have 14 to 15 range for running backs. Would you have him
2: any higher Swift? I have Swift right behind uh, Mixon Sanders that tier. So in startups next year, I'm assuming at the back end of the second round to third round, depending on how hard running backs get hit. But he's someone that I would take ahead of like Nick Chubb, because Chubb is always going to be fighting with Hunt in the backfield. And I think moving in future years, Swift won't have to be dealing with that. Okay, I can
0: see I can see Patricia being a pain with it this year too, and maybe leaving a little doubt for some people creep in there. Ne- you know, next year. But, I mean, they have a shootout again this week versus Atlanta. You know, I'm starting to think, hey, you know, I should have went with Swift last week in DFS. Maybe this is the week. But, uh, but you know, is Patricia going to tick us off? Because Peterson was not healthy this past week. You know, he didn't kind of practice until late. I think later in the week. He had some health issue. So we'll see how it goes. But Patricia might be a thorn in the side for a little while.
1: At 106, I, and Mitch, I told you this before we went on the air. I said, I'm very well going to change my order as we're doing this on the fly. And I, you can't sit here and say, well, if I need a quarterback, I would go this direction because we could do that with every single pick. So just in terms of sheer value in a 12-team super flex league, I think I have to go with CD Lamb. I, I think I have to. I really – there are people – and a lot of this is for perceived value, but there are people saying he is there – not a wide receiver one he is the wide receiver one in dynasty and now we saw the first few weeks of the season with Dak Prescott and things were going swimmingly he looked incredible but now with Andy Dalton yeah last night was a little bit rough but he was still getting the targets and he still made some contested catches still did some things after the the catch he had some uh, like a 29 yard uh, uh, catch and run. And I, I still think that he is going to be up there. I, I've seen people say he could go in the first round of startups next year. I'd be surprised if it was that early. I think middle of the second, back end of the second. And typically, you guys know how I build my dynasty rosters. It's either trading back or quarterback, running back, tight end early. If tight end in the tight end premium. And then wide receivers, I look for that, that later range, the Boyds, the Ridleys, the Robinsons, guys that you don't have to take in those first couple rounds. But C.D. Lamb, he has just looked absolutely incredible. And the things that he has done and Justin Jefferson over the last few weeks, it, it's a historic start to their career and both super young we're not talking about 24 25 year old rookies coming in that are just physically dominating cuz you know they they were older in college but these are guys and a lot of people they have the the numbers and the 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 stats to back it up from previous seasons that if you're a, a rookie run, a rookie wide receiver that comes in at the age of 21 and puts up x amount of numbers and and it's Scott Connor it, you know we went back and forth and he said John this is kind of the threshold and if they hit these numbers, there's a very good chance they're a top 10 dynasty receiver the following year, and CeeDee Lamb's right there. So I have to take him sixth overall here. I And if I let him slip one more pick, Dan's taking him. I guarantee it.
0: Yeah, we're definitely at that point where I was like, you know, I don't care who was on the board. My Cowboys, like, you know, mm-hmm. Will Powers, it was done. I was, I was breaking down. But you're right, JB. I mean, these receivers this year are vicious, man. I mean, they're like, we have not been let down by this rookie class. And you think of all the guys we've named so far, they've all flashed, all look good. And they're all still finding their way. You know, Burroughs managing with this O-line that's shabby. You know, Alaire. You know, it's a pass-happy Kansas City team there right now, so it's not like he's getting all that burn in a, in a rhythm. He's facing these stacked boxes with a quarterback with a wet noodle arm most of the time. You know, Lamb, he's getting a lot of burn. He looks really strong and athletic, but he's still learning. Still, you know, expanding their his passing tree and whatnot, so – very exciting class, man. But being that you sniped me, JB, uh, I believe I am uh, up now. You sniped me. You guys also, have, you know, like own the running back pool here to this point. So on that note, I will segue to J.K. Dobbins. I am still a believer. He looked great in the preseason. He's flashed at times this year. Uh, it's kind of been like a Detroit situation. You know, you want to see him get more carries, and it's like a three-headed monster. Somehow Gus Edwards has become relevant again this year, and that—that's that, you know, I, I'm left scratching my head, but. Ingram's got a little ankle injury. He may not play this week. So maybe there's an opportunity for more burn for Dobbins. But I just love that Baltimore Ravens ball club with Lamar. I think they're going to be just, you know, a force to be reckoned with for years to come. Ingram's not getting any younger. I think the ceiling's going to keep getting higher. Dobbins is going to keep learning. The coaching staff loves him, and he's just going to get better with time. And I would be very excited to have him on my team next year. You know, this year he's situational, but by, by next year, I think he'll be blossoming
1: we have a chance to really see something from him over these next few weeks. I know they have the bye week here in week seven, but Mark Ingram, he has that high ankle ankle sprain. How's he going to recover and rebound? And he hasn't even looked that great in comparison to Dobbins, who's been, again, explosive, very similar to DeAndre Swift when given the opportunity. But don't forget about Gus Edwards. And I think he is going to be a thorn in the side Of JK Dobbins managers, and they're going to be a little frustrated. And you both have seen it firsthand. I was really high on JK Dobbins, and I still am. But a lot of my teams, at least in my mind, I like to think they're contenders. So I may have moved him for a piece that might allow me to win, not necessarily like a win now piece, but I've added a Dobbins to get Jonathan Taylor or a situation like that. But J.K. Dobbins, we're seven deep now, guys, and you really could make an argument for any of those guys to be top three. That's just how deep the top end of this class is, and I I think it's going to continue here. So
2: 108, Mitch, who do you have? Uh, Justin Jefferson. He was just left there for me. I mean, at this Mm. point, he's averaging 90 yards a game as a rookie. I mean – He has like a 77% catch rate, and it's not like he's getting eight-yard passes. He's averaging 15 yards per each target. I mean, it's insane how well he is doing. I will caveat a little bit of this. A lot of his big games have come during, you know, garbage time. It's just... Hey, but there's no asterisk in fantasy. Exactly. I mean, because we don't deal with anybody else. I mean, we're not going to knock drake because he had an 80 yard touchdown run you know last week but i mean i I I think some i think some people will some people will but that's how we do things around here but so but just jefferson the only issue that you have with him is like well kirk cousins is his quarterback and that's the thing that like no matter what in your head you're gonna be like kirk cousins is his quarterback where you look at cd lamb he has Dak. i mean you're never gonna be like oh dude like sad about that, but you're always going to be sad. You're going to be like cousins can kill him this week. So I think that's the only reason why I still have him under lamb. But I think just after this pick, I'm interested to see what you do here, because I think there's quite a drop off after one more player. And
1: this next one is an absolute slam dunk for me, but I want to spend some time on Justin Jefferson. I, I somebody tweeted out and they were like, let me see your earliest receipts about Justin Jefferson. And even though I get on you two, I had to sing Mitch's praises and I, I shared your tweet. It was the morning after the combine because mm-hmm. I was looking at timestamps too because I'm psychotic like that. And it was like 9 a.m. the day after the combine. And You said Justin Jefferson is my wide receiver three. Yep. And we're sitting here in October and you have him bumped up to two, but – even you couldn't see, you did not see this type of start to his career happening. We had him pretty low in our projections.
2: And the thing is nobody for for 2020. Right. And nobody was talking about him was the thing. And me being on wide receiver three was really high. And the only reason why I had him that high is because I went and watched Clyde Edwards, Alaire back in college. And then Justin Jefferson kept popping. I'm like, Oh, he's actually really good. And so that ends up why I got high on both those guys at the same time. But yeah, dude, like I have a lot of Justin Jefferson just because I was earlier on him than the other guys. Now we, and and one thing too, that
1: people said, well, he did really well out of the slot at LSU. Yeah. And he's really not going to play out of the slot in Minnesota because they're going to run a lot of 12 personnel. And we were half right. He hasn't played out of the slot a lot. Only 42% of his routes have come out of the slot, but he's been, oh my God, he's been incredible. He's been fantastic, Dan. What are your thoughts there? When you look at at those high end wide receivers, Justin Jefferson, Ceedee Lamb. We all know how you feel about Ceedee, but how far off do you have him and Justin Jefferson?
0: Yeah, so Jefferson's in that class. Like I said, the only separator really is situation. Like Mitch said, there are going to be some fr- frustrating weeks when the Minnesota Vikings, they're game script dependent. You know, I, I was at work today talking to a, a fellow Vikings fan, and we actually had a long conversation about Justin Jefferson today um, as he was a little frustrated with his Vikings, and he's in one of our, our fantasy leagues, uh, Mitch Tony. And, uh, you know, it's when the script don't go well, that team struggles. But the guy's awesome. I mean, he plays vicious. You know, I had him – uh, some Viking stacks in DFS. So I've been watching them closely. And then I said, your only frustration is when Kirk cousins like kind of tanks, like he did in the beginning of that game. And so, yeah, it was garbage time points, but when the protections there and they're going, I think it's Thielen one, a and Jefferson one B. Like, I think it's that close. Like, I mean, they've got a tandem there for, for a long time. You know, in the preseason, we were a little bit worried too. You know, Irv Smith, we thought we'd have see a little bit more of a resurgence. We knew it would be the Dalvin cook show. But he has stepped right in there.
1: Has it crossed either of your minds? Because Just because it's very relevant today. You look not too far from where I am right here in Pittsburgh. Juju Smith-Schuster. He was incredible opposite Antonio Brown. And is there any concern? I'm not saying it's a valid concern. But is there any concern in your mind that... If Adam Thielen, he's still under contract for a few more years, but do you think Justin Jefferson could produce as the one A in that offense?
2: Mitch? Uh, so I'm willing to move all these guys right now at their price. Just how I view wide receivers is I like I love CeeDee Lamb. But so for instance, today, John, you're in a league with me that I moved Justin Jefferson. I got Christian Kirk. Wait, wait, wait. Where are you going with? I don't even think you're answering my question. Oh, uh, that probably happened. Yeah. <laughs> that more than like, what, what M- are M- you? Hold on. Play. Wait, let me just check. Weren't you asking me if Justin Jefferson is still going to be good when Thielen leaves?
1: Yeah. And then you start talking yeah. about moving people to price. So that's
2: my whole thing is that's three years down the road. And right. so three years yeah. down the road, he's probably not going to be on my team anyways, because I don't value wide receivers as high as everybody else does. So I'm more than willing to move these guys as soon as they have a huge week and everybody loves them. I'm willing to trade them because I think I could do get pretty good value at wide receiver for a lot less of a cost. All right. But Dan, tell me I'm not crazy because how often does Mitch even admit,
1: oh, JB, I didn't look at the show notes. I, I didn't listen to what you just said. So I'm not crazy to think that he might've gone off the rails there.
0: Yeah, he went off the rails on you a little bit, JB. But <laughs> way, to, way to reel him back in. That was good there. And, and I will answer your question. I think he will be the 1A. I think feeling at some point in the near future will – not this year. He's still learning his craft, but will pass that torch. And, you know, Mitch, I see your point in receivers as far as value of the position and, and – Guys, I even traded C.D. Lamb a couple of weeks ago because they got me Josh Jacobs. We do talk about that value of the position. I want to win now, and I think that will help me for a few years. Um, but you want to have these guys on your roster. Don't, don't leave the cabinets bare at wide receiver either. Be careful there because you're going to have these guys for a long time. Running backs get injured a lot. Tight ends get injured a lot. The receivers play. So uh, they're in their prime.
1: All right looking back at the May DLF ADP again i just want to kind of gauge it off of the movements that we've seen since then 101 was joe burrow then ceh jonathan taylor tua dobbins swift so the top 6 we've taken in our top 8 and that's that's not surprising and then 109 was cd Lamb, 111 was justin jefferson so we there's been a little bit of movement here And I think the 107, he's going to slip a little bit further. The 108 is going to slip a little bit further. But I can't let this guy slip. And he is still disrespected. And I, ever since I took Josh Allen coming out of college in that 2018 class, I've targeted these disrespected quarterbacks that, one reason or another, people don't want them. We have seen the most out of these three quarterbacks, Burrow, Tua, And Justin Herbert, we have seen the most from him at a high level. He's very Josh Allen-esque, very Daniel Jones-esque. Yeah, still making mistakes, but a bigger athletic guy that can move, he has the weapons. You have Keenan Allen. You have Mike Williams, Austin Eckler when he comes back. Hunter Henry, yeah, we would like to see that line get a little bit... um, get a little bit better and see some improvements. But at 109, Justin Herbert, and I remember, and you guys see it all the time on Twitter, it's like, oh, let's do a mock draft and I'll I'll take somebody and I'll tag the next person and so on and so forth. And that happened to me, I think it was June. And it was either 108 or 109. And I said, I'll find the tweet. And I said, I will take the most disrespected player in this draft, Justin Herbert. And again, I think you have to look at him in that quarterback 10-ish range for dynasty purposes. Yes, there is room for improvement, but we see it time and time again, and we're going to see it with Tua, right, where a player wasn't starting initially, they get the starting job, the same job that we knew they were going to get eventually. Like, there wasn't a surprise that Tua is now the starter, but you're going to see that value spike. We saw it with Justin Herbert because he was, what, maybe quarterback 20-ish in startups throughout the offseason? season. And I would, I feel very comfortable putting him at that quarterback 10 range ahead of, like you said, Dan, the Carson Wentz, the Aaron Rodgers, the Jared Goff, players like that. So for me, 109, you guys made a massive mistake and let me get Mr. Justin Herbert. Don't
2: shake your head, Mitch. What are you thinking over there? Uh, so are you taking him at quarterback 10 in startups? Are you actually going to draft him? Not that's where you have him. Are you willing to draft him in that? Fourth round, probably in Superflex. Are you going to drop him in the fourth round instead of getting a running back there? So two
1: things. Two things. One, luckily, this is just a rookie draft because we talked about <laughs> it. Dan, Dan, don't you always see it too? The difference between a rookie draft and startups? Like in, a startup this season with the rookies in it. Joe Burrow was never going ahead of CEH, Jonathan Taylor, Swift, Dobbins. Like He wasn't. Because he's a quarterback. It's a little bit deeper. But once you switch to the rookie draft, it's a little bit different. But no, Justin Herbert is going to get the Josh Allen treatment for me. And what I mean by that, this offseason, I picked up very few extra shares of Josh Allen just because his price did skyrocket. So to answer your question, startups a little bit different, but rookie draft 109 all day.
0: That was fun to watch. Like, I like how Mitch is, like, loaded tonight with – like, he's trying to get us with those curveballs, JB. But, like, JB was sitting on that curveball. He's like, like, curveball's coming. And and he just – he cranked it out of there. And there is that big difference. I mean, you know, a draft, you're constructing your roster. Rookie draft, you're finding the best talent. You have a different approach. And I think Herbert is better than Daniel Jones confidently. I think this kid was destined to, to be here. You know, there was some doubts that crept up in Oregon. Not everything quite went his way. He's a quiet kid but he's legit i I think he's as good as you know he's right there in that josh allen class and could potentially be better if the chargers build this team the right way i don't
1: know what that high pitch frequency was i was that was weird yeah we'll blame dan we always do all right dan Dan, fourth time around the horn here we have burrow ceh taylor Tua, swift lamb dobbins jefferson herbert all off the board who do
0: you like here All right, I think my pick and Mitch's next is is like almost the cutoff. Like I'm really torn on this pick here right now. I'm gonna go with a guy that I'm thrilled that I really thought I would get tonight, and I was high on in the in the preseason. And this is where the
1: this is where the draft gets super interesting. I think. Yeah, I think so too.
0: It does because we will look back at this episode down the road, and I'm either gonna greatly regret passing on one guy in the same position or. You know what? It was meant to be here, but I'm sticking with my boy, Jerry Judy. You know, the only concern is Drew Locke to me in, in Denver, like like finally getting this passing situation right. But with Sutton out, watching them every week, I mean, they are trying to get the ball to Judy every which way. The kid's confident. He's making plays. It's just a struggling offense. But You know, he was the best route runner going into this. I still think he's the best rookie route runner and is only going to get better. So I think there's like a bargain value right here at the point where I'm getting him. You know, Lamb's off the board. Jefferson's moved up. The running backs are gone if this is a rookie draft, except for, you know, one that I think is like worthy of conversation here. But give me Jerry Judy and I'm just going to celebrate because I think I still have the most talented receiver, just not the best situation.
1: Now Mitch is going to jump in here because it's about Denver, but before you, before you provide some feedback because I know we, we talk about take lock all the time and I had to throw that out there because of Drew Lock. But for Jerry Judy, I want to give the benefit of the doubt to this offense. And actually if you Drew Lock has dropped down my rankings from where the hype has chilled and I know Mitch you're surprised, but if you look at this offense, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt strictly because the lack of continuity there. You have had Melvin Gordon missed games already. Philip Lindsay, Noah Fant, Sutton, Drew Locke. They went through three quarterbacks already. So I, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt a little bit, and I would like to see Judy and Locke play a few extra games as the season progresses, and then I think we can start to evaluate him a little bit better. But Judy at 108 in DLF, May ADP going 110 and our rookie draft redo so not too far off but yeah slipping a little bit but i think it more it has to do more with the caliber of play of the other players than maybe jerry judy himself Mitch, do you have anything on Locke, denver jerry judy
2: no i actually think like you said this is where the draft is going to change for all of us because the top eight nine are pretty stuck and after this there's i'm actually going to change who i pick next because i think i'll be able to get the person that i want even later So we're at one ten right now, right?
0: 1-11. Time out out just before your picks. I don't don't want you to lose your momentum Mm there. I'm happy that JB brought up the continuity issue in Denver and just showing a little bit of patience to say, hey, let's watch and see how things evolve the next few weeks. In watching those games, I mean, Judy's went up for jump balls and came down with them and scored. Like, he is making plays. But – Drew Locke is out a few weeks, has to throw to Tim Patrick and Albert O. I mean, you're going to have to limit expectations a little bit there. I mean, you are you're, you're asking a lot. He does have to play better. He can't just throw the ball up. You know, he's got to be smarter. Uh, I want to see some development. I mean, this was an offense we were excited about in the beginning of the season because it had Cortland Sutton. It had the speedster Hamler. It had the you know the two-headed monster at running back. It has not had does not have that, will not have that. This is a wounded team that was young and kind of had potential, but a long way to go anyway. is a rebuilding ball club that's hanging in there.
2: All right, Mitch, over to you, 111. Who do you have? I'm going to still go with Jalen Rager, I think. So Ooh. this one was really tough because it was him or Rugs for me, and I had a hard time deciding. But Rager, he looked really good in the two games that he played early. And we've seen what that offense can do with a wide receiver with no one off on the field with Travis Fulgham. So you just have to assume that when Rager comes back and he's healthy, that he's going to be able to get seven or eight targets a game because there's nobody else to throw to on that offense. That defense is terrible. The offense doesn't have anybody playing, everybody's injured right now. And so I think when he comes back, he could have the really big weeks that everyone can start to take him up higher in the ranks again to where he should still be right now. So my pick is definitely Jalen Rager.
1: I don't know how many times you guys saw it, but especially the last like 48 hours, I've seen so many tweets saying the Eagles have passed on these wide receivers over the last two years. And of course it was like DK Metcalf and, you know, such a a list of big time names, but it's, I, I think it's very unfair to evaluate and grade and judge jalen rager at this point yep. he, he hasn't been on the field so let's again let's wait and see for him because if he would have played he very well could have been succeeding is one of the few options in that offense and dan 42 minutes in i can't believe it took that long for the red flag but what's your issue we mentioned the eagles that's what caused it
0: no, 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 no ego bias here because I've actually been very impressed with Carson Wentz, you know, two years in a row finding some production with nobody's. I mean, you know, he's made Greg Ward relevant, he's made Travis Fulgham relevant, he's gonna make Boston Scott relevant again this week. But the best ability is availability, and Rager has not been available. And he was a guy that was kind of risky and he, you know, he's kind of flashy, and we were looking at the situation, so and we liked him, and we haven't gotten to see much. And I'm not saying it's a, a bad pick, but there are one definitely one guy on the board right now, maybe two to three, that I think you would take before him. I think that was a very risky pick by Mitchell. Too risky. I think he could have maybe waited. I don't know if he would have slid four picks to his next one, but that is the first pick I disagree with. And I'll tell you why, depending on when the guy goes. that We'll, we'll see. All right. Well, I'm going to take the guy right now at 112.
1: And I was – higher on him than mitch and i was very frustrated in a few leagues where mitch and i were co-managers and i had to pass on this gentleman for another receiver but let me go through the alphabet until i get to the letter t because this pick is t higgins okay he has been a target hog in that offense even with aj green being relevant this last week you know t higgins 1.75 yards per route run. That's 39th among all wide receivers right there around Jerry Judy. And then you have guys like CD lamb, Justin Jefferson. They're higher up Um, T Higgins out of all receivers. He's 28th in yards. And that was with minimal snaps to start the season. 64% snap share, 81% each of the last two weeks. I expect it to continue. We know that Cincinnati Bengals offense is going to have to throw the ball very negative game scripts as a team but positive for our fantasy teams and you know i i think aj green yeah he popped off for one game but i don't expect that to continue we know that t higgins was kind of brought in to be the aj green replacement and there's people saying they've been saying that t higgins their their wide receiver one is not on this team currently And we all know how I feel about Tyler Boyd, but I think T. Higgins, if I can get him 12th overall in this rookie class, because we talk about availability, right, Dan? T. Higgins is available 81% each of the last two weeks. That number is going to rise. This team's going to have to throw the ball. And T. Higgins is going to continue to
0: flourish in Cincinnati. So I don't know if I won my first challenge. I almost want to challenge again. I am shocked here. Like I was between two guys at number 10 and I'm going to get them both. I cannot believe this This is happening here. And like if I had another challenge, Flag JB, it's the same one I've thrown at you for the two years we've been talking together. You're a Steelers fan, and you didn't take Chase Claypool, who's in all the hype right now. The Steelers have a history of drafting receivers, and it's working. He looks like their number one wide receiver now, even before the— you know, picking on the suspect Philadelphia Eagles. This isn't just recency bias. Like this guy has made some beast mode catches this year. And I think it's the real deal. They're finding different ways to get him the ball. He's getting in the end zone. He's catching jump balls. He's beating coverages. And again, the Steelers have a history. When I go back to draft day, the Cowboys were between C.D. Lamb, and Chase Claypool. They were one of the teams that liked Claypool. Now, and Dallas does a good job of drafting rookies. They just don't know how to manage the team when it comes time to the season and they they underachieve. But they're good fantasy players. Um, You know, I like Higgins. He's growing on me. I think maybe I just need to see more than him. So, you know, like you said, he is available, JB. But, man, give me Chase Claypool, guys. JB, how did you not take Chase Claypool? Uh, Well... One thing about Chase
1: Claypool, I talk about yards per route run, and I spit that out at least once an episode, I feel like. But Chase Claypool, out of all qualifying receivers with at least 20 targets, that was a threshold I threw out there, number one, which is extremely impressive, 3.49 yards per route run. I just – that offense, I think it is going to be one of those situations where – you got to pick and choose each week who it's going to be. Yeah, we just saw a four-touchdown game, but some of that was the gimmicky plays. Do they continue to to incorporate that into the play calling? I don't know. He, he's looked incredible. He's had the contested catches. He's had the, the tiptoe on the sideline. He's looked incredible. It reminded me of Chris Carter back in the day. Dan, I know the old-school names are getting you all hot and bothered, but I would uh, – side note, my cousin and I, when we were younger, we would be in his backyard – which I don't even know if it was as big as this room. That's how small the yard was, but I would run a route and I would go to the, the sidewalk and try to get both toes in. Cause I, I love the Vikings and the, you know, Chris Carter back in the day, but chase Claypool. Yeah. I, I think he's a tremendous talent. It's just, we always think we know who that Steelers receiver is going to be. And it turns very quickly. So just like you said, with T Higgins, I want to see some more out of Chase Claypool. He's been explosive with the limited opportunities. And Dante in the chat says Claypool is still with a few extra L's, still being slept on. He is. Tell him Dante. Tell he him. Is. But I just want to see a little bit more. And if I'm choosing between Higgins and Claypool, I'm going to take Higgins. And I have Claypool in a few leagues. Let me see if I can make that flip.
0: Ooh, don't do it. Don't do it. I might. You're Steelers. Right. You're a Steelers. Mitch, tell me he's I Steel- I don't even know what you. I don't know who you like, JB. <laughs> You can have the best of both worlds, fantasy and the Steelers. That that, that that should be a dream. There should be a Claypool jersey next year as your sixth jersey back there. We'll so see. Dan, we'll see.
2: does it worry you at all that he's doing this when Deontay Johnson is not on the field? Because when Deontay Johnson was playing you know, early in the week, I think J.J. Zacharyson brought up on his podcast, he had 30% char- target share each week. He goes out, has a concussion, hurts his back. And now we see Claypool going ham. Is it because Johnson's not on the field? If that cuts into Claypool and brings him down, then are you more likely to like Higgins because Higgins is doing this with AJ Green and Boyd on the field?
0: Great points. I'm kind. Of, one thing I'm doing in these rookie rankings and as we draft is I, I'm matching up what I've seen over seven weeks with what we thought of them before the season. So it's not just that, you know, hey, I've seen a couple good games There's that recency bias? I'm matching up where I evaluated with them early on mm-hmm. um, with Deontay Johnson. I'm starting to get a little concerned. Could he stay healthy? Could Juju stay healthy? Do they bring Juju back next season? I'm really interested in watching how the Steelers situation evolves. I do think there'll be weeks where Claypool has a, you know, two for 33, three for 45, you know, maybe similar to Jefferson in Minnesota because there's going to be times where the Steelers are going to play Pittsburgh Steelers football in November, December, and, and Connor and, and that running game is going to take over a little bit and it may be a little more of the other receivers. But overall talent, you know, Big Ben's flinging it around. I, I just like him more to Higgins. Again, doesn't mean I'm right or wrong. It's just where I'm at right now.
1: All right, Mitch, you have the 202 here. And uh-huh. just to recap, the DLF ADP again, where the Dynasty community was in May, Burrow, edwards Lair, Taylor, Tua, J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, skip a name, Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, Justin Herbert, Justin Jefferson, Jalen Rager. So all of those guys are off the board. You have the 202. Are we going to see that 107 come off the board? or Are
2: you going to announce that name? Or are you going to go a different no. direction? No, I want, I want a good running back and this will piss everybody off, but I want James Robinson. Ah! You see, I thought you were going to take him next to actually have Ooh. someone up ahead of him. I'm like, no, nope, I'm going for James Robinson. I would he's, have taken James Robinson right there. So he's Dude. averaged. He's played six games. They haven't had their bye week yet. He's averaged over 90 yards a game. He, he's gotten 23 receptions in those games. He's had four touchdowns already. And I mean, you could hate on him because he's an undrafted free agent, right? But he's a guy to where if you watch him and you watch him play, everyone raves about him. And you could hate on the Jacksonville Jaguars like offensive coaching staff all you want. But the first thing they said is this guy can do everything. And like, they don't have to take him off the field. He's playing in the fourth quarter when they're getting blown out. They're not taking him off the field and putting Chris Thompson on like they do for a lot of these backs. If Jonathan Taylor, if they're down with the Colts, Jonathan Taylor ain't seeing the field in the fourth quarter. But Robinson is. Robinson is still on the field. I mean, he got that late touchdown that helped out a lot of people in DFS this last week because he got it with like two minutes relating on a, just a little pass. But that's something you could get with James Robinson. And everything you see from him, he looks really good. So I feel really good with him this year, and I feel good with him next year because they don't have to spend a pick on a running back. They can, but they don't have to because they have a guy at this price.
0: All right, so I got to say... I got to give J- Mitch an attaboy really quick there because he did his study in today and it showed. And I have this challenge flag for the third time my hand for you, JB, because I'm going back to the show notes here. And, I, you know, John includes for us today, you know, I'm, I'm going through work. I take my lunch break. I was like, all right, I got to prepare for the show tonight. You know, John does this, a good job, as he always does with his, his show notes there. He puts the May Dynasty League ADP laid out nicely, put some honorable mention guys he puts all our picks from the past, but I don't even see James Robinson on these show notes here. Like he wasn't even on my mind. So boy Mitch, I'm challenging you, JB, because you didn't even put his name in the notes. So wh- when I went through the DLF ADP,
1: I- I- I'm going to be honest here. So anytime I throw the show notes out to you guys and there's things that we don't want to see prior to the show, I take the show notes and I make myself a copy and I add stuff to it. I realized that James Robinson was undrafted, so he did not show up on DLF ADP. So under honorable mentions, I have him on my notes, but I unfortunately did not include him on on yours. So I
0: apologize, Dan. I I feel swindled there. I feel like, like I was outsmarted in the draft. Like, you know how we all have that one moment in a draft where it's like, oh man, I forgot about him or I wasn't looking at him. Like that was that moment. So kudos, Mitch. Let me ask you both a question. So I took T Higgins with
1: my last pick Was he on your radar at all,
0: Dan? Not at these current picks. Like towards the end of this, he was there. So he was on the list, but not yet. So you're telling me I could have gone James Robinson and then I could have gotten Key Higgins
1: with this next pick, correct? Correct.
2: (laughs) Yep. I'm surprised there's still a wide receiver there, especially with you two being, you know, David Carr lovers or
0: Derek Carr lovers.
1: How do you guys (laughs) keep messing this up?
0: Dude, I don't I don't know. it's a d what do you want from me an nfl announcer did that the last time the raiders play so we're not alone
1: no and i always i say i still call them the san diego chargers or the oakland raiders or you know mm-hmm. so i'll forgive you guys all right so Claypool was off the list and then james robinson man okay so i'm looking through here And now this is a guy that I have to take here because he will not make it back to me. He is going to be Dan's next pick. I have come around on him a little bit, but still J.D. McKissick is not going away, but I'll still take Antonio Gibson. I have James Robinson and Gibson back-to-back here. I've liked what I've seen at times from Gibson. I would like to see them commit to him more. But looking at the other options, I just think he has the biggest chance to rise in value as I always say, whether it's perceived or actual. So at this point in the draft, at the 203,
0: I will take Mr. Antonio Gibson. I'm happy you're coming around on him. I, I definitely still like the kid. I'm still confused with Washington week in and week out how it's like McKissick one week, it's Gibson the next week, and back to McKissick. And then you think Gibson's on the incline. And then I don't know. So I don't know what Washington's doing. But here,
1: I, I don't have a flag, but I'll again, I'll, I'll wave my white paper towel here so back to james robinson because i was just so frazzled and thrown off because i wanted him with the 203 but people talk about the fact and mitch you kind of brought it up oh he's game script dependent what games are you watching yes he's losing some snaps so chris thompson he's run 115 routes this season james robinson he's at 105 which is 17th most in the NFL. So he's not disappearing. And like you said, he's getting garbage points. And I don't care. You know, we thrived off of that staying in Jacksonville with Blake Boyles and Allen Robinson. There's no asterisk when it comes to the fantasy points. So if James Robinson is going to get me 13 to 16 fantasy points per game, I'm fine with that. But again, you're going to have some high profile analysts shove it down people's throats to sell him. And I can't wait until Robinson pops off like a 25 point game. Cause I'm telling you it's coming. It's coming. He already has Uh, another one. I mean, this next one, ever since, you know, that, that initial tweet came out that, Oh, we got to be looking to sell James Robinson. And I said, I'll, I would rather have a championship.
2: That division is so bad. There's going to be a lot of those games, right? All right. So two Oh
1: four. Dan, what do you got? This is it. Three picks left here.
2: Ooh,
1: this
0: is I know. Really who's hard. Going with. This is really hard here right now. Um, I'm going to go against my heart here. You know, I mean, looking back, you know, I got the quarterbacks. I got a stud running back. I got stud receivers. Uh, I'm between like three guys, maybe four, but I am going to take this opportunity to not go with my heart and. Go with my strategy of value the position. Go with a running back, and I will take Cam Akers and get a piece of that Rams offense there. I, I just can't pass it up. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw some Malcolm Brown disrespect shade on him there, and just say at some point he won't be relevant. JB, although you were right, Malcolm Brown has has remained relevant this season. You know, health has been an issue at times, but he's flashed at times. Coach McGate, uh, wow. McVeigh. McVay is given the coaches speaks and he's still going to be my guy, my guy. And we need to utilize him more. Were you going with
1: McGee? was a McGee. He was Is that,
0: I told you it was a long work day there, but, uh, you know, I I believe in in Coach over there with the Rams, and, and I do think it's going to be the Akers show. And come next year, I'll, I'll be very thrilled to have Cam Akers. So I'm going to take a bet on talent, bet on the investment, bet on the Rams offense, give me a piece of it. Hopefully he stays healthy as we go. And if at least one of those guys is injured out of the pitcher, I'll, I'll take him. They're running the ball a lot in uh, Los Angeles.
1: It's so funny because prior to the NFL draft, Dan was the one saying, Daryl Henderson, he could be the guy in Los Angeles. And I, no, I'm sitting there. No, Dan, you're crazy like always. But now you're taking Cam Akers. Henderson hasn't looked bad. He hasn't. The
2: guy right now, like I don't care. And here's
1: the thing Sean McVay, how much can we really trust him? Because he said, coming into week six, Cam Akers is going to be more heavily involved. He had what, one snap, two snaps? And Sean, don't lie to us, man. Don't lie to us.
0: I, I think the correct answer was like D, all of the above, because everybody's been relevant at some point or another. So I just want a, a piece of the pie. And, Except uh, for Acres. Acres some has running back depth. Relevant. Ever. This time is coming. This time is yeah. coming. But it, it is, this, this is the pick I hate, though. I, I mean, honestly, every guy that's going to go after, I like more than Acres. So I'm going against the grain here a little bit. But I, I just want I want that running back value. So Akers was
1: 107. He was that guy that we talked about being skipped over. But Mitch, even you have to agree at the 204 here, we talk about running backs having that chance to pop in value. Even if it's one game, we see it all the time. You know, Dynasty, as long-term as it is, it is a weekly game. So I can't hate on the pick at 204 especially. I can if he never sees the field. Okay. Okay.
0: He will. He will. Patience. All right.
2: Let's wrap up the top 18 here. Mitch, 205. Who do you got? Uh, Henry Ruggs. I really, I thought Dan was going to go somewhere else. I was positive. He was, so I thought I was going to go somewhere else now, but yeah, it's going to be Henry Ruggs. I loved him coming in the draft. I think everyone drafted him because he went to the Raiders, but now we've seen him used in that offense. And what did he have last game? Like two catches for 120 yards and a score. I, he could do that a lot of weeks with that offense. They have Darren Waller. Who's going to command a ton of attention. And then, who's their quarterback? Derek Carr. There we go. All right. I, I still wasn't sure if I ever got it right. I was a little worried there. I was like, oh, no. But they have a great offensive line, they have the running game. I mean, Ruggs is in the exact same position that Tyreek Hill is with a, you know, worse quarterback. But as far as how he's going to be used on the field, Ruggs can be that guy in his future. So I absolutely love Ruggs. Yeah, I was so- between
0: Ruggs and Acres. That, that's solid. And I'm actually surprised
1: that this guy made it to the 206. Do you have any guess here for the final pick who I'm taking?
2: It better be LaVisca Chenault. You better believe
1: it. I am taking LaVisca Chenault. Dan, you liked him after the combine heading up into the NFL draft. Mitch, we have a few FFPC teams. And every week, we got to put Chenault in our lineup. We got to put him in there. And I can't believe you're going to pass up on him. But yeah, I mean, just again, with the options available... He is in my top 18 here. You know there's there's not much more analysis there. he's He's been used in that Swiss Army knife type role that we thought he was going to be used. And again Jacksonville, they're gonna have to throw the ball. he's been he's been strong, even lined up as a running back. He's bowling through people and I, I think if he can stay healthy because that was kind of the concern with him. If he can stay healthy, he has the potential to do some good things there. And Mitch, like you said, if you can use Chennault at the running back position, you have James Robinson who's playing for basically $10 a game because he was an undrafted free agent. You don't have to attack the running back position. You can get your quarterback if Minshew's not the answer, and he might not be. Sorry, Mitch, earmuffs. But then... You you can build up that offensive line. You can build that defense up. You you have Shark. You have Chanel. You have Robinson. Uh, Keel and Cole. He, he might not be the guy, but he's he's been a pretty good guy for them. Um, and then Ben in the chat, that guy is just a blow up game waiting to happen. That offense just sucks. If Cole were to go down, he'd see twenty percent plus market share. Uh, yeah, he, he's he's one injury away there from really possibly exploding, and it takes one game in dynasty. One game for somebody's value to skyrocket, and then there the the script flips. Now, before we sign off, I want to run through some of these other guys. Keyshawn Vaughn,
0: ballpark,
1: at even in the top twenty-four.
2: God no, uh,
0: no. he's a, what, what a, he's he's a stash on a roster right now, and you hope in the future he you know he he gains value. I made two trades in the last two Man. weeks involving Keyshawn Vaughn and
1: one was for Jamison Crowder I couldn't pass that up because if there's one person I love more than Keyshawn Vaughn it was it's Jamison Crowder you know and then the other one a co-managed team with Mitch Miles Gaskin I said Mitch are you okay with this he said smash that that's Mitch's go-to yeah. word there uh, Denzel yeah. Mims he was not taken in the top 18 for us is it strictly because of the injury he had Could some there were
0: some doubts with him even going in. And then you have the injury on top of it. And then he has the jets on top of it. There's a lot against him right now to make him attractive.
2: Well, I mean, we haven't mentioned Brandon Ayuk yet. And he's looked good on the field. But he I mean, there. yeah, I mean, he's I was close to getting him, but when Ruggs was there, I couldn't take Ayuk
0: over him. So if we had, you know, if we had right. one more if we had one more pick, Mitch, that would be the guy for me. He belongs. Mm-hmm.
1: And he's one of the bigger um, uh, uh, differences, and the the word's slipping my mind, and it's pissed me off here. It's been a long show. It's been a long night, long day. But you look at he went in the first round of the actual NFL draft, and now we're sitting here redrafting the— the rookie draft here in October to 18 players and he still isn't mentioned. So he's just one of the market inefficiencies. Thank you. It came to me. He's one of those market inefficiencies where you look at it, actual NFL draft assigned him that first round grade. And we're not even
0: close to taking there for fantasy. Yeah, the Niners got it right. Like, he looks like an NFL receiver. He looks like their most pure natural wide receiver. If they didn't get Lamb, that's who they wanted, even though they kind of coaches speak, said it was one or the other. It was really close. Um, But Lamb went early, and, you know, he's legit. Zach Moss, it just does not look good when given the opportunity. I know the injury
1: a little bit, but even though he hasn't looked great, I, I think Devin Singletary has looked a little bit better.
0: Yeah. And Moss mm-hmm. hasn't really gotten a chance to get in a rhythm. He hasn't been healthy. Buffalo's had some struggles lately, but they're still feeding him. You know, so he, yeah. he's still in that mix. Uh, Michael Pittman, Dan, his dad
1: played in the NFL, but again, the injury. I think that obviously impacts it.
0: Hey, I can't be a hypocrite. The best ability is availability. He has not been available. I hope he gets healthy. I'm, I'm still he's still on my radar. If I could get him at a value, I'll take him.
2: That offense is so bad. It is ho- like when the red zone flips over. That I'm like, holy crap! I don't want to watch this game. It is horrible to watch. T T Y Hilton good you, you, defenses.
0: You, mm-hmm. you you can't. Like they, start they could T. get some Hilton. points like they did. Oh, no. Yeah, oh, Hilton, don't get me going, JB. Oh. You, know, <laughs> you can't. I, I mean, they they threw a lot. I mean, they did well this week, but they played the Bengals. They play a good defense, and Rivers gets exposed. The box is stacked for Taylor, and and it's a mess. They've I think they might be better with Jacoby set.
1: Yeah, so maybe Michael Pittman. I I bet we're probably going to see that discount that we saw with Paris Campbell, and then Paris Cam- Campbell, he looked good to start the season, but he goes down with another injury, and then Michael Pittman was not far behind him. Brian Edwards, Mitch.
2: I like him, but when you look at that offense, you have Jacobs, you have Waller, you have Ruggs. When is Edwards going to get eight or nine targets a game that you're going to need out of him? That's my worry, is... He's never going to be the rugs guy who catches, you know, those long balls. So he's going to be the Des Bryant type, you know, hopefully would be his ceiling. But for that to happen, it's two years down the road. And there's just so many other wide receivers you could get at this point. So he was 209 in May,
0: 210
1: right behind him, Dan AJ Dillon.
0: We didn't take the D- to top Dylan Lee's got a, a little burn in this last game. You know, it didn't go as the, the way they wanted versus a very good Tampa Bay defense. But I uh, he balled a little bit. You know, he, he showed why they why they take him. I wouldn't mind him on the back of my bench. Yeah. 2-11, Mitch Jalen Hurts. No.
1: Like no i mean that's why people come to dynasty theory for the in-depth analysis
2: but why why was he taken there in the first place i don't understand why you would draft him it's well hey maybe carson wentz gets injured and then you get six games out of hurts cool like that's great but then you're wasting that pick on jalen hurts like i just don't understand why you would draft him on your team in the first place the shares that i have are from startups prior to the nfl draft with Mm -hmm. rookies included where
1: we didn't know where he was going and obviously super flex league so i took a flyer on him later in the drafts but i just yeah at this point in time with the weapons around him we've touched on this countless times carson wentz has looked good I, i i'm not a huge carson wentz fan i'm definitely not a philadelphia eagles fan but I think he is getting somewhat of a raw deal there. The other honorable mentions that were taken after the top 24 picks back in May, Joshua Kelly, he was three Oh nine at the time. I think if we saw a good game from him last week, Mm -hmm. uh, I very well might've thrown him in there in the whole, I I keep saying the script will be flipped, but I think that'd be the case for Kelly, Uh, Gabriel Davis, Dan, any thoughts there? He's, he's been okay in Buffalo. He's
0: flashed. I mean, there's, uh, he's flashed, but I mean, you, you have digs, you have, John Smokey Brown, you he, he, he have Cole Beasley. I mean, he, he's he got a role. He's, he's again, a guy you like to have on your bench. He's better than, uh, you know, a waiver wire play. And he's he's young. We'll see how he develops. And then, Mitch, the last one here that I thought was interesting,
1: not top 18 worthy, but Darnell Mooney.
2: Yeah, I love him. Somehow I have him on a lot of rosters. I don't even think i meant to. I just think he just happened to be there, and I knew his name during the rookie drafts but I have him on a lot of teams and he's a guy who could get you four catches a game and the, you know, the value that you got him at, I think it's a really good play just to stash him in your lineup and play him as a wide receiver for, if you have to during bye weeks and all these injuries. And he's already basically
1: eclipsing Anthony Miller. They're getting the same snap share. Oh Yeah. He's well past Miller now. And how about, we talked about Anthony Miller during the offseason, and we said, oh, he could flash. At times, he could be a wide receiver too, a plug-and-play, but he has not been anywhere close to that. And and you could say it's because of Nick Foles. You could say it's because of the dysfunction in Chicago. Maybe it's just because Allen Robinson's that damn good, but Darnell Mooney also is part of the issue. I had to get my Allen Robinson jab in there. All right, so what we're going to do, I'm going to, when we release the episode, which will probably be in like half an hour or so. I am going to put out that draft and we'll, we'll see who people think won that draft. I don't think there's any question about it. I, if you look at that draft and don't think JB wins, you might be on something. Come on, so,
0: Burrow to, to uh, what yeah, a, what a
1: win. Now, and we won't say who has who, because I know if people see my name, they will rank me dead last out of spite. And you Mitch, you know, I can be very spiteful. So I can appreciate sometimes,
2: that. Sometimes. Yeah. It's never uh, happen.
1: yeah. This was a very fun episode. I was looking forward to this. It's, we always say it, it's tough to find dynasty content during the season. It really is. Mm-hmm. But I think this is a good way to gauge the values. Again, perceived value of these players since we did the rookie drafts in May. And then Dan, as always, I'm going to kick it over to you.
2: Final thoughts.
0: What do you have for our listeners heading into week seven? I was looking forward to this. It is crunch time, gentlemen. You know, week seven, I think in a lot of our safe leagues, is that we're hitting that COVID official point where it's going to be an official season no matter what the future of COVID brings. So, guys, we made it this far. That's a good feeling. I, I want to tell our listeners to keep grinding in Dynasty and all league formats, okay? We're looking at our bye weeks. We also want to be thinking about teams coming off a bye, you know, where you have two extra weeks to prepare. How does that impact? the games as we're making lineup decisions. I think we start watching the weather now. Don't overreact to it, but I think you want to be aware of it. You know, that Buffalo game was like a monsoon there for a little bit as we expected a lot of points. And lastly, the trade deadline is looming. You know, if you could get any insight into where teams with salary cap issues are going to be maybe looking to look ahead to next year and unload some salary, there could be some value plays, and that could have an impact on fantasy. So hopefully there's a fun Dynasty Theory episode in, in the works when uh, maybe some trade talk does hit. And it's time to separate the contenders from the pretenders, boys. It's going to be an interesting few weeks coming up.
1: All right, apparently I have to change this segment from final thoughts to, like, final novel because Dan just had <laughs> he had a lot of thoughts he was looking to get off of that brain of his Mitch, final thoughts for the listeners. What do you got? Mitch, you're on mute. You do
2: this at least once an episode. I do it. Sorry. I you was typing and you yelled at me for my keys being so loud. But so a big thing that people are having issues right now is valuing 2021 picks. The easiest way for you to do it, gra- you don't even have to make a tier sheet. Go and look to say, where will you draft te- Trevor Lawrence next year compared to the other quarterbacks? If you say you're going to draft him right below Russell Wilson, then you know that's where that 101 is going to be right now. And you could do that for the whole first round pretty easily because we already know where a lot of these guys are kind of going to go, you know, depending on injuries and stuff like that. But that'll help you out so much moving forward. If you know Chuba Hubbard is well below the other guys and you have them as 109 in the first round, then you know where to draft that late first round pick and where to value him at. So that's something that's helped me out a lot in the last few years. And then it, we say
1: this so often –
2: know your league
1: settings, how are the rookie picks decided? Because that really is, it's it's key to making those sound decisions when trading those picks. And make sure you have an idea of where those picks are going to be. I have picks where it might be mine or somebody else's, and it really looks, based on potential points, to be the 101 or 102. People are throwing offers out as if it's a random first, We're almost halfway through the regular season here for fantasy purposes. It's not a random first. And then my final thought, just like Dan said, keep grinding. But even if you're six and oh, five and one, we always say, oh, you know, look to make moves as a rebuild, look to get value, but keep plugging away there as a contender. There's teams I'm trying to get additional depth, whether it's a smaller move, just maybe pulling a Damian Harris onto your roster, whatever the situation is, uh, but a player that can help you win. But you're not breaking the bank. But then I also love those big blockbusters as well. And if I think maybe the end of season schedule looks uh, profitable there and I, I can make some moves and it helps me from a longer term perspective as well. I just think whether you're one and five or five and one, you should still be active and looking to make moves and better your team as opposed to sitting there. Not being active in your league chat, not checking out the trade bait, not interacting with your league mates. I know not everybody is glued to their phone like us, and I get that. But still, try to be engaged because it will help you. All right, we want to thank everybody for tuning in. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Dynasty Theory FF. Stay safe, be kind to each other, and have a great night.